You're listening to Staying in the Game, a Plum Dragon Herbs podcast where we have conversations about mindset and techniques for staying at the top of your game. I'm your host, Janelle Leatherwood. Joining us today is Josh Walker, whose passion for Chinese medicine and martial arts led him to become the original founder of Plum Dragon Herbs in 2005. He currently works as a software engineer and runs the Central U.S. chapter for the Tabamina Balintwak Group, a combative style of martial arts that originated in the Philippines. We're thrilled that he could join us today. Welcome to the show, Josh Walker. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. I'm hoping that you can give us a little introduction for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so my name is Josh. Uh, I founded Plum Dragon back in, I think, our, our first official year of business was um, 2000, January 2006. Um, was our like the the first like where the business license was all official and everything. Um, my background is primarily in, in academically. I did um, my collegiate work. I did graduate undergraduate and graduate work in engineering. Um, but then Plum Dragon became a thing due to my passion in martial arts and Chinese medicine. And so that's that's kind of where where this all started from. Um, at this point, I um, with Lisa running Plum Dragon, um, I actually spend a lot of my time doing engineering, um, but I still uh, teach martial arts quite a bit and I have a number of groups um, in the central U S which is the, the chapter that I, that I run for my, my particular lineage. So oh, that's so great. So how did you start Plum Dragon? What was it that led you to the steps of forming that business? Where did it begin? Well, so there's a couple of specific things and, and one of them is kind of, a something that, that is, is part of my personality. And that is the, the sense that I, I was, well, so I was training with a group of guys and we were doing a bunch of sparring and we were, were getting injured and whatnot. And I had had some, you know, training in some, some, uh, various training in, in Chinese medicine prior to that. And we needed some Jiao and I was going out and I was just going to buy some, uh, and then I thought, well, why, why am I going to, why am I going to, you know, buy it? I, I know how to make it. So I may as well, I may as well make it. And so I started making it and some of the guys wanted to buy it. And, um, and so it kind of just grew it, it in the beginning, it was two really basic formulas. Um, and, and I was making them by the half gallon and the gallon and they were buying half gallons of it. Mm-hmm. And then sometime in 2005, I said, well, you know, they're buying it. Maybe, maybe I should, you know, make more of it and see if I can, you know, sell it and and make this turn into something. And so part of it was, you know, that, that interest in, and in martial arts and, and herbalism and, and also the, um, kind of the necessity of needing that type of thing around. But then the other part of it, that personality based thing is, is that, um, here and then uh, one of the other businesses that I had actually have started is is based a lot on going back one step from where you're at um, and producing something um, that people use as opposed to you know purchasing it. So there's kind of this how how more how much more rudimentary can we get with an item? Um, mm-hmm. The next step back might be like growing growing the the herbs myself or, or something <laughs> something. Yeah. Along. So that's where that's where it all kind of started. Mm-hmm. So had you ha, had you had any interest in herbal medicine in general before this point? I did. Uh, I tr- in college I trained at a at a Northern Shaolin martial arts um, school, and the the guy who ran that place was a he had a doctorate in in. Um, uh, oriental medicine. He, he had a doctorate in naturopathy. He, I think he had like three or four doctorate degrees. And so that was kind of where it all started. And it was all very esoteric. And, you know, it was a lot of like, you know, old school kind of Chinese martial arts, like kind of philosophy and, and, and training paradigms. Um, but then the other piece of that is, is that, you know, I got my, my first 
recipe from, from there. And I got, I made my first liniment from there. And even, even things that I didn't even know what they were. Like I think back and there were patent, uh, medications that they sold like, you know, for gentlemen's or I don't even know what it was. You know, I just remember walking into the room and seeing the herbs and the, the patent formulas and thinking like, wow, this is crazy. And, um, that would have been probably two to three or four, two to four years prior, um, to, to actually getting to the point where I was like, well, maybe this is worth a business idea. Right. And now there are some available products that you could have used at that time, like Shanggu Shui. Am I saying that right? Yeah. yeah, Shanggu Shui. Um, or Tiger Balm or Tom Bissio's formulas. Right. So there was, there's, there was Tiger Balm. There was um, I think Biofreeze was coming out around that time. Um, Zhenggu Shui and Biofreeze are, you know, uh, like the kind of the Eastern and Western counterparts almost of, of each other. Um, and, and the Zhenggu Shui was something that, you know, people used because it's, it's all, even though it's like not really that effective of a formula for, you know, for sports and, and martial artists use, um, it's been around forever and it's, it's a kind of a cheap product and it's just like rooted into, you know, it's almost just rooted into Chinese culture the way that, you know, you might think about like hamburgers being (laughs) rooted into American culture, you know? So, um, it's kind of hard to break that stigma and get people to realize, well, Hey, like, um, what's this other stuff? What's why, why are these jows so much more effective? So, Mm -hmm. and why are these formulas better? Do you think than some of these existing formulas at the time that there were at the time? Yeah. One of the, one of the biggest things is, and this is just going to be true uh, with, with, and even with, with, um, formulas that don't have as you know, powerful of herbs in them is the concentration, uh, of, of the liniment. So Zhenggu Shui is, is kind of this, you know, it translates as, uh, basically it translates as bone setting water and it really kind of is water, you know, I mean, it's just this, you know, kind of this liquidy, you know, substance. And so that's one of the biggest things is it's just not that strong. Um, it's just not that concentrated. And so you end up having to use a lot of it to, to get anything done. But then the other piece of that is that the formula itself is very basic. Um, and not that a basic formula can't work really well, but it's just kind of this little formula, um, you know, that got popular and the, the formulas that, are used that plum dragon, you know, the Ho family uh, ancestors, advanced brews juice. Like these are formulas that have really, really strong herbs, um, in them. And, and that's kind of the other, you know, piece of this in terms of, of variation as well. Um, even the, this, the, the, the formulas that, you know, some people, maybe they don't want a formula that strong. Um, and then there's, you know, other things like, Brew, the basic is Jiao, um, or the white dragon iron palm, which isn't as strong as, as the ancestors that kind of still fill that purpose with, with, you know, the added concentration and the added synergy that still make them a lot more effective than something like Zhenggu Shui without being, um, you, you know, without being overly potent for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, like what I hear a lot of people using is Tiger Balm. That's a, a huge uh, ointment that is used in martial arts. So how does Plum Dragon D.Jow compare to something like Tiger Balm? So Tiger Balm, and, and, you know, I mentioned earlier that Zhenggu Shui and Biofreeze are kind of like the East-West counterparts. And in some ways that's true with, with Biofreeze and Tiger Balm. Um, biofreeze is just like, it's just menthol basically. And it's real popular with, you know, some Western doctors that oh check this out. Um, but it's the same idea in the sense that tiger bomb provides this sensation. Um, it provides this sensation to the user of this heat and you feel it and you think, Oh man, that's, you know, that's really, <laughs> that's really doing something. Cause I really feel that heat. Um, but a lot of what you're getting, um, out of that is, you know, the, they have, I mean, it's got tiger bombs, got some cinnamon oil in it and it's got some camphor and it's got some, you know, I think tiger bomb red has some, some pepper in it and it's got a couple other things that, you know, they produce this heat and, and, and it does probably have a little bit of pain 
relieving properties, the tiger bomb itself. Um, but it's not the sort of thing that's, it's not a therapeutic thing. It's really not helping the body, um, take care of that healing process. You know, there's nothing there that, that really, really amps the body up for that. It's just this kind of feeling that you, that you feel on your skin. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. And, you know, really, I feel like the concept of D.Jow is, is just goes so well with um, traditional Chinese medicine in general about healing the body, helping it to facilitate its own healing. And um, whereas these other products are just more about masking the pain or yeah, treating or the symptoms. Exactly. Feeling this warmth on your skin. And, you know, it's interesting because whole family can, it, it has some really strong stuff and it can provide that same type of, of warmth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the part that, that does that, that helps your body heal. Um, and so like, as an example, like the ancestors advance is just crazy, crazy powerful stuff for, especially for iron palm training and, and these, and, and similar things, but related to like the bones and joints and whatnot. And when you put that on, you feel almost nothing. Like there's almost no sensation at all in ancestors advanced, but it's also, you know, widely accepted by, I don't know, dozens, hundreds of people is like the strongest liniment that they've used for that that type of, of thing. So it's really like breaking that stigma of, I feel it. So it must be doing something, um, that I think that's the, I think that's the hard part. Right. Yes. That, yeah, I totally see what you're saying because that's just what people are used to. Like, you know, the old Ben gay or (laughs) the cooling sensation (laughs) or the warming sensation. Yeah. Yeah. So now, how do you see trying to get other people to to use the D. Jiao, um, or do you see benefits for other athletes in using D. Jiao um, yeah, be- beyond martial artists? Absolutely, I, I think in martial artists, there's you know I used to get so many questions from people. Well, I do Wing Chun. What what type of Jiao do you recommend? I do, you know, Bagua. What type of Jiao? You know, I do this. I do X martial art. What type of Jiao? And my response to that is always kind of along the lines of, well, it doesn't really matter what kind of martial art you do. It matters what kind of injuries you're getting, right? And, right. you know, you could have two people do the same martial art and get wildly different injuries, or you could have two people doing different martial arts and getting the same injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's based on so many little factors, right? How you train, what, what your body's constitution is, and all these other things. Um, and so ultimately what I find is, is that – it, it, it actually doesn't matter at all whether we're talking about soccer or a barefoot running club or, you know, um, climbers or martial artists or football players or weightlifters. And I mentioned some of those like barefoot running clubs kind of specific, right? Because I've talked to a lot of people over the years that, you know, have found incredible use for it um, for all of these different things. Like if you're if you're in a, a sport, if you're in, a, in any kind of like physical activity, then there's going to be some kind of toll on your body. And there's, there's some ditta jiao that is useful for, you know, he, helping you move forward with whatever you're doing. Right. So how do you recommend someone goes about picking the right formula since there's so many? Yeah. So that definitely can be something to, it can be a little daunting. Um, especially, you know, with plum dragon, we've got like hundreds of formulas, not that we sell all of them, but that's why I think there's five or six formulas on the website that, you know, are, are geared to covering all of those different things. And I think for somebody to, to really, really know what's going on, first of all, the, it, I think it's important to try stuff. And so, you know, there's like the buy two, get one free. And I, I think that, you know, once people have an idea of what they want to try, trying a few of them is a good idea. Now, how do they get an idea of what they want to try? Well, it's going to depend, like if they want to hit like a very specific type of, of injury that's taking place, 
Um, then all I need to know is, you know, is it, is it how, how superficial is it? Is it, are we talking about something on the skin, in the muscles? Um, is it deep in the bone? Is it, um, you know, do you, is it warm? Is it swollen or inflamed? Is it, you know, and all of, and, and some of these different kinds of basic, um, you know, kind of measurements, I guess you could say that you can take about the situation will gear you towards what you want to look at. So like if you have a really, really bad bruise, you're not going to be using an iron palm jowl because iron palm jowls, the white dragon, the ancestors advanced, um, you know, the Kuyu Chong, stuff like that. That's more towards conditioning and it's, it hits more the bones and the tendons. Um, if you've got, you know, arthritis that you're, you're trying to deal with, or you've got, or you're, you know, or, or you have like a bone bruise or you've, or you've pulled something, a tendon, right? Like you have tendonitis. I'm actually dealing with tendonitis in my elbow at the Mm -hmm. moment. Um, and even for me, I've had to take, I've had to kind of experiment a little bit just to figure out what it was that really works. You know, I've tried like hot soaks. Um, I've tried cooling, you know, liniments. I've tried some patches just to try to try to get, you know, make some measurements, like some real world measurements and see what's going on here. And so, you know, that's, that's definitely going to be necessary. Um, aside from, you know, knowing these simple things, like how deep is it in the body? Is it, is it muscle bone or tendon? You know, is it chronic? Is it, you know, and, and these, some of these basic questions can, can help answer it. But then, like I said, people really should, should, do a little bit of experimentation with and have a you know a couple few formulas on hand to really decide what what's working best for that particular injury. Mm-hmm. Right, and so let's talk about some of the top sellers like uh, Ho family, for example. What kind of injuries do you think that is best suited for? So a lot of people will will shy away from Ho family on brand new injuries because it's really, really warming. And the tendency is, well, if it's a new injury, then there's probably swelling and inflammation. Um, if the, if the swelling and inflammation is really, really bad, then maybe best to start with something else like bruise juice, which is more cooling. Um, and then give it a day or two and then switch over to Ho family once maybe some of the inflammation has gone away. Um, but Ho family is really interesting in the sense that it's one of the few formulas that seems to really be effective on fresh injuries that do have some swelling and inflammation. Um, it's very, very useful for, for that type of thing. It, um, it helps so much with the, that the body's healing process with, um, new inflamed injuries, but it's also really useful for tendon issues. Um, I've been using it actually for the tendonitis in my elbow. Um, and it's, and it's incredibly useful for that as well. Um, it's, I I don't want to say that there's like, a uh, you know, like a one, uh, one shot wonder, you know, but if there's anything that's close, it's Ho family. Um, it's just so good at a a myriad of things, um, Mm -hmm. with those, with those couple, those two items kind of, you know, standing out. Right. Okay. And then you mentioned, um, ancestors. So the ancestors advanced conditioning formula. And I know a lot of people use that for arthritis complaints and what else do you recommend it for? So traditionally it was, it was an, an, an iron palm conditioning formula. Um, um, from the traditional TCM perspective, it, it, it's a, it's a strong blood mover. Um, but it also is useful in, in the, from the TCM perspective at hitting the, the liver and the kidneys, which the Chinese say that helps strengthen, uh, the, 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 the bones and sinews. And, um, also what it, it's very dispersing. And so they talk about blocking stagnation and in Chinese medicine, stagnation is the, is the, the, this, the purpose, the, the cause of pain. Um, and it's the cause of things like arthritis, like, um, wind, they call it wind damp in the joints. Um, and so ancestors aside from being really good for the conditioning, um, is really, really good for any kind of joint issue. Um, if it's a, if it's, 
tendon or ligament related, if it's bone related, if it's at the joint, um, people that have, have weak bones, people that have bone injuries, people that have, um, kind of more chronic conditions, like you'd mentioned, like arthritis, rheumatism. Um, it's really, really good for that. And it's also slightly cooling, which means that it, it will tend to not exacerbate inflammation. That's, that's very, very bad. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it has kind of a mix between the warming and the cooling herbs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's, it has some warming herbs in it, but overall it's slightly cooling in mm-hmm. nature. It's, it's actually kind of hard to, to, you know, achieve that. Um, prob, I would say that, that two thirds of the herbs that are used in external liniments are warm or hot. Um, and then less than one third are actually cooling. I, I would say, I mean, I don't have them right in front of me, but that would be my, my guess off the top of my head. And so it's hard to achieve a cooling formula like that. But yeah, in this particular case, the overall, um, temperature kind of of that energetic nature of that formula is to be slightly on the cooling side. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going, I want to go back to how these formulas came about in a minute, but so why don't we talk about maybe iron palm, um, formulas that you like? So I, I love, so uh, of course I love the ancestors. Um, it's such an interesting mixture. Um, and, and like I was saying earlier, like you don't really experience a lot of, of sensation from it. Um, there's just this, um, there, there's just this, I, this kind of this, you know, almost out of body experience that you can, you just pound on the bag, you just pound and pound and pound and you walk away and you don't feel it. And, and you walk away and you're not injured and you get better and better and better. And it's just such a, it's such a strange feeling. Um, so, so that's, that one by itself, you know, stands aside, of course. Um, the, the, the white dragon isn't as strong, but what I really like about the white dragon is it's got this, it's got this really thick consistency and this incredible smell, um, this, uh, the aroma that comes from it is just awesome. And part of that, um, uh, part of that white dragon, um, that white dragon, part of the reason it smells like that is because of these traditional herbal combinations that are kind of ground together that create these aromas. Um, now an example of that is the, the Kuyu Chung, which is another formula that I really, really like the Kuyu Chung and the Hungar actually that we have up on the website are very sim, almost identical formulas. Um, and they kind of have this interesting maple syrup aroma to them. And the, the white dragon takes that a step further and it, and there's not, I, I can't even think of what you'd call it, but it's kind of just this like sweet, savory, um, you know, aroma that comes out of this milky liniment and that for a lot of people is enough to, to, you know, it's such an interesting kind of like tactile sensation to, to, to play with that liniment that I, I really like it, uh, because of that reason. And so those three liniments, um, the, the, the Kuyu Chong or Hungar, the white dragon and the ancestors are, are really up there for me. Mm-hmm. That's so great for you to share that with everyone. And I just am so fascinated by how these formulas were passed down through generations and are now, you know, being available widespread through Plum Dragon. And like, how did you come across some of these formulas? Wow. So it's, man, there's so many different kind of avenues. Um, I'll mention really quickly that, you know, we... uh, there were a number of years where we were receiving formulas from people and we were, we had a translator that, um, in China that was translating them. And, you know, we were, we were filling, we started to, to, once we gained like a lot of trust from the community, people were sending formulas and they were, Hey, can you, can you fill this? Um, and a lot of those we needed to have translated. Um, but then at a whole different level, um, I've worked with, uh, three over the years I'd worked with pretty closely with three acupuncturists, um, one in Destin, one in Huntsville, and then also one, uh, back here in Denver. And, um, and actually I have a student also who's doing his doctorate 
in in uh, Chinese medicine. And I used to go in, you know, I'd spend hours in there every week. And, you know, it was a combination of us working on, you know, kind of new theorizing new things and, and trying to stretch the boundary. And sometimes, you know, I was, I was, we were talking about herbs and other times they would sit me down and they would have me try these different acupuncture uh, treatments. And, you know, it was this really kind of like research and development, this heavy based, you know, interaction that I had with these acupuncturists. And, um, I think even though I had already had all of the knowledge and understanding, I think it was working with them that gave me a lot of the confidence to go out and start real, like digging deep into modifying and creating new formulas in addition to, you know, all of the, the kind of the authentic formulas from the past. Mm -hmm. And we might need to take a step back um, and just define what D. Zhao is for some of our listeners who maybe don't even know what we're talking about. So- yeah, so so D. Zhao is is hit fall wine or fall hit wine or you know however depending on whether you want to you know which way you want to say it. But um, essentially, what it is is it's an alcohol based liniment um, that is produced with the purpose of helping to um, remedy injury to the body. So, um, classically, and you know, they say like the hit and the fall It's well, if you get hit or if you fall and you injure yourself, then you use this liniment, um, to heal it. But of course now it's, it's, it's grown. It's a little bit more widely accepted that it's really just any liniment that's you're using for injury. And, and even though a lot of people will, will get up in arms, if you call an iron palm liniment, a ditta jiao, um, to me, they, they, even the iron palm liniments and the training liniments, they all kind of fall under the same umbrella in the sense that we're actually really trying to, we're actually using the liniment to make sure that the body is just operating as it should be. Mm-hmm. And how do you recommend a person apply it for, you know, the, the best benefit that they can get from it? So there's, there's a couple different recommendations there. Um, it's, it's generally, it's massaged into the skin, right? And so you take the dropper or you, you, you spray it on or you pour some in or, or however, um, it comes out of the bottle and, and you rub it into the skin, um, over the, the site of the injury. And I always recommend people use a, a decent massage and you don't want to be rubbing it so hard that it's, you know, very painful, but you do want to like really kind of work it into the skin. You want to, you know, kind of, I, when I'm doing it, I like to rub it hard enough that, you know, the skin kind of pulls apart a little bit and, and it's, is able to seep into those between those pores. Um, and, uh, that's, that's the main way that it's used. The other way, which is really effective is to actually, you know, soak like a gauze pad or something like that, um, with the liniment and then put it over the injury and tape it down so that it's well covered. Um, and they're, they've done some studies that the, the ability, like the pores open up and the ability for the, the, for a liquid to enter the dermal layers of the body increases strongly when it's, when it's well covered and, and kept, uh, uh, the air is kept off of it. And so it can be really, really, um, you can really deliver a lot of liniment into an injury by covering it and letting it, you know, letting it sit for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've taken like a little gauze, you know, and put that over an application of it and just kind of soaked the gauze with it and just yeah. let that rest on the skin. And, and it does seem to really help yes. um, get it to penetrate. I'll apply th- three or four droppers, um, maybe more. Um, I, I tend to, like to be liberal about it. Um, ultimately it's, it's, a, it's so much less money than go, you know, a doctor's visit or something, mm-hmm. um, that I like to be a little bit more liberal, liberal about it. And I may apply it for I, I, dropper after dropper for 10 or 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know a lot of people have grown up hearing the rice method of recovery, rest, ice, compression, yeah. elevation, and I want you to discuss what is the proper method for athletes who want to recover from, you know, some kind of swelling or other type of inflammation that you would typically think to ice. 
Yeah. So man, the whole, the whole rice thing, I mean the rest and the, and the, the, the rest is no big deal. Um, the ice part of that and really the compression and elevation, I, I can't say I agree with either. Um, the rest is great, but the, the problem with the ice is, you know, and it's funny, you mentioned Tom Bizio at the, at the beginning of this. Um, and he highlighted an old saying in, in, his book and it says, and the saying is ice is for dead people. Mm. And I, I think that's great. I love that. He said that, um, the problem with ice is it reduces, it reduces the blood flow to the area. It congeals fluids. It totally completely halts the healing process. And the reason that, that some people do it in the West is because they, they figure, well, we can sacrifice that, um, if we reduce some of the inflammation, but the, the idea is you don't have to sacrifice anything. Um, and so for something that's really strongly inflamed, um, a, a, a cooling, a more cooling liniment is, is certainly, you know, germane. And so whether that be bruised juice, which is strongly cooling and incredibly moving to the blood, um, is, you know, a great thing to use. Um, there's also like the three yellows, um, and the three yellows is just three herbs, um, that have been ground up and it's almost like, um, it's almost, it has the same action of ice, that cooling action to reduce inflammation, but it doesn't hinder the the body's ability to heal. It doesn't hinder the blood flow. It doesn't hinder the fluids moving out. Um, and so those two things are, are really popular and really, really good for people to use once they've been using one of those two things for a couple of days, Mm -hmm. then they can move on to, you know, a more, um, a more warming liniment, um, you know, like for example, hoe family or, or, or if it hit, if it's hitting the bone, then, you know, white dragon or, or something, something along those lines. Yeah. And the three yellows formula, we have that in our formula that's called herbal ice. Is that yes, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. it. In fact, I have to just tell you, so I have four kids ages seven to 16 and I've started carrying with me herbal ice or bruised juice, something like that. Whenever we go camping or to the beach or something, I'm, I'm always ready, you know, to expect somebody's going to get hurt. (laughs) And I I have to say, I am almost a little bit excited. I know that sounds terrible, but I whip (laughs) out my herbal ice and I'm like, just wait, just wait. And it works. It's so incredible. My (laughs) <laughs> my kids have um, benefited greatly from those for the immediate impact type bruising and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I totally get the uh, the excitement there. I, I've I've injured myself and been like, oh my god, that hurts. Oh, but I'm so excited to use this other thing. So yeah, no, I totally totally get it. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, I mean, just reading the reviews from other people who are who are using formulas for, you know, true recovery. It's, it is really incredible how these formulas can get people away from taking the over the counter pain pills or even worse prescription drugs and stuff that have right. so many side effects. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. Cause even, um, even things like, you know, ibuprofen or aspirin, I don't like having to take that stuff unless absolutely necessary. Um, and, and when we start talking about things like, you know, the three, the herbal ice formula, um, bruised juice and whole family ancestors, these sorts of formulas, you rub them in and the, the pain that makes you want to take that stuff, the over the counter medications goes away. And, and it's not the same type of thing like we were talking earlier with, you know, the tiger bomb and, 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 uh, Zhengu Shui and all that. There's, it's not masking anything. The pain's going away because it's reducing the inflammation or it's returning blood flow. It's, it's helping the body get back to that homeostasis. Um, and so it, it is, it's really amazing to, to, to feel that stuff working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Josh, tell us a little bit more about your training and your martial arts practice right now. Yeah, so my as far as the martial arts is concerned, concerned, so I train in this art called Tabamina Balintawak, 
Um, and my teachers live in the Philippines and I, in fact, there's, there's some, there's some, also some blogs, some that I produced, um, up on YouTube for that people want to watch them. Um, and so what I do is I, I, I run the, the, the central U S chapter, um, for, for the Tabamina Balintawak group. Um, and I spend a couple few weeks in the Philippines every year. And then I spend an extra couple weeks training with, you know, some of my peers and, and my other instructors. And then I have a number of students who train on a, you know, a daily or weekly basis. Um, but that particular art, um, while being what I would consider the a unique art of its kind, um, comes with its own, you know, sets of, of, of bruises and scrapes and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's funny, uh, you know, thinking back, uh, I used to think that, you know, doing iron palm for, you know, years and years meant that your hands just kind of became impervious. And, and anybody who, who thinks that hasn't really trained hard, you know, like with a stick or another kind of weapon in their hand. And so there, there was a time in my training where I think everybody kind of goes through this at a certain point early on, but there was a time in my training where, when I was trying to understand the movements um, and do them quickly and rapidly and under a lot of pressure, um, I would hit my hands, you know, I'd hit my, mm -hmm. I'd hit my own, you know, wrist or I'd hit my knuckles or, or, or arm or something. And I got a whole bunch of bruises and stuff from that. And, and that was a good learning experience, but it, it was actually the Jow that kind of kept me, was able to keep me training, you know, on a daily basis. Like when I'm in the Philippines training three, four, five, six hours a day for two weeks straight. So, yeah. Yeah. So what is your daily routine like for training or just for keeping fit? Well, so I, I do, I lift a lot. Um, I lift a lot of weights. I actually took, um, I took a, a year, a year and a half off from it. I, I had actually kind of gotten burnt out on it and, um, I kind of, you know, stepped a little bit away from, from things. Um, in the last six months, I've started getting back into that. And my daily routine is primarily, um, weight, uh, weight And mm -hmm. that's actually where this tendonitis came from. Um, when, when I'm lifting really, really heavy, um, the re and, and actually to, to back up a second, the reason I, I lift heavy, um, I find that actually it's an incredible way to, 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 to maintain <laughs> my waistline, um, actually. But the other piece of it is, is that the same muscles that, you use for heavy lifting are the same type of muscle fibers that tend to be used for plyometric movements where, you know, these springy, like fast, explosive springy movements. And so my, my feeling is that lifting can be useful, um, as a supplement to my martial arts because I'm using those same types of muscles. Um, but yeah, right now my daily routine is, is, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of different types of lifting, um, both in the kind of in the power lifting spectrum, which is heavy, heavy weight, low, low reps, as well as the, the more the hypertrophy type of lifting, which is lower, lower weight than, than, you know, a little bit lower weight and, and quite a few more reps. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a daily routine. For me. And then I spend, you know, with my, with my students, I'm, I'm probably spending, I don't know, five, six, seven hours a week doing like very specific Balintawak training with them. Mm -hmm. Now, have you written any books on the, I'm going to say it wrong, Balintawak training? I know you've done Iron Palm. Yeah. So I don't have any books specifically on Balintawak. However, it's interesting you would ask that. Um, Sir Bob, um, my, the, the GM that lives in, in the, the Philippines, um, he's kind of the founder of, he's the founder of the art. His last name is Tabamina and it's Tabamina Balintawak. Um, he's kind of asked me to, to, to help put together a book. And so I have actually some interviews that I've done with him and his eldest son Flint, and I'm writing some material in there about, um, about the philosophies and con kind of like the, 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 the metaphysics of, 
of the art. Um, and there's not a lot in there specifically about the training because the training itself, um, there's a conditioning element of course that comes along with the training, but we always, always train one-on-one in private sessions. Um, and the reason for that is because I'm trying to provide a stimulus for my students, um, that they can't get from either by training, you know, by themselves, um, or by training with another student. And so the, the book does kind of encompass, or it will, um, encompass some of the, some of the ideas behind training. It won't go into specific training routines, not because they're all secret or anything like that, just that it doesn't make, some of that stuff won't make sense in a book because it has to be expressed directly from, you know, teacher to student. But yes, the book will have all kinds of different, you know, philosophies and, and, you know, cover lots of different concepts and ideas about the art. Mm, That's great. Yeah. Let us know when that's available. And when I post the show notes for this podcast, I can give links to the videos that you were talking about and some of the um, books that you've already published on iron palm training. Okay. Yeah. Do you subscribe to like any type of philosophy from, I don't know, different mentors that you've experienced in your life? Like how would you describe your life philosophy? Well, so there's a couple things that come to mind. Um, One of my philosophies is that I, I really enjoy, I really always just enjoy things that are intense and I, and, you know, and kind of, I tend to be intense and passionate about, (laughs) about things. And, um, I had a, I actually have a friend who, who's a student of mine, but he said once he said that, um, he just wanted to be around people who were good at what they did. And Mm -hmm. so I thought that was so interesting because, you know, I'm not into, I mean, I'm, I'm not a fisher, right? Like I don't, my dad, I mentioned it, my dad's very into fishing. Um, I don't like fishing at all, but when I see somebody who's good at fishing, if you're good at something, then it's fascinating to watch how you do it, you know? And so there's kind of that passion and intensity there. Um, there's a few things that, you know, that I really think are important. Um, and, and one of those, came from my Chinese martial arts training and that is balance. And I love the idea of balance and, you know, I, I, not to throw out silly little quotes out there, but you know, I always hear people say everything in moderation and my, my kind of my, my jab there as well, but everything isn't moderate, right? So actually a moderate number of things in moderation. And, uh, you know, I think the balance there is really important. The balance between, you know, play and growth and development of balance between, you know, eating well and not eating well to a degree, you know, it's like, you've got to like, let go sometimes, um, the balance between how hard you, 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 you do certain things and how soft you do them and, and all these different things. And I think that's important. And, but I also think with that said, um, the philosophy that I tend to, to adopt a lot these days, um, that came a lot from, from the Belinduok training, um, is just walking through the fire, you know, and, and we always say until you've experienced a, a stimulus, it's totally novel to you and you do and your, and your nervous system does not know how to respond to it. And so I feel like every single thing we do in life, it's, it's like walking through a fire and, um, once you've walked through that fire, you, you know what it's like. And I think, you know, whether it's learning the herbs and in in fact, in a lot of ways for me, even, even getting plum dragon up and running was walking through the fire because I had, I had these people, uh, you know, around that actually didn't really want it to happen. And I had to just say to myself, you know what, it doesn't, I don't really care what you think. Um, I'm going to do this. And so there was actually a lot of strife, um, way back when in doing that. And, and it, it was important to, 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 to do that. You know, I think it was important to have gone through it and, and understand what, what that, what that stimulus was and how, how, what that experience meant. Um, and I think that that's, you know, kind of makes, makes people into incredibly, 
um, strong, effective, and you know, useful people to the to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so great. And how do you coach somebody who's struggling to have that type of mindset of walking into the fire? So it's hard because it's one of those sorts of things where you can you can make uh, and and I'm I'm sure you may experience this with your kids, right? I know I know I have that. Um, you can, you can tell somebody all day long, right? You can talk to them all day long, but you can't make them do something, right? You can't make them do it. And so when I'm working with my students and I try to keep that idea in mind that, you know, this, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink type of deal. Um, you know, for me and the guys in the Philippines, they talk about it. They talk about this, this, this idea that I'm about to mention being the, the blessing. And so I have some students that come in and they don't want to, you know, do that or they don't, you know, they kind of look at things a little differently. And I push, I push, I apply a lot of pressure, you know, and sometimes in, in this particular case, it means making them, you know, making sure that they walk away from a session being so frustrated, they just have no idea what happened. And it's like, it's like, you've got to get to, you've got to build like this critical mass. And then when it explodes, you're either left with somebody who says, wow, I, I don't know what happened. I, 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 I have to get to the bottom of this. I have to figure it out. And then they start walking the fire themselves or they, they quit. And, and if they quit, then it's better off for both of us because, you know, they're not wasting my time and I'm not wasting their time. But until I can get them, until I can get them to hit, at least if they're, if they're being resistant to walking, some people come in and they want to walk through the fire anyway. They don't, it doesn't matter. You, they're ready to go. Um, but for the people who are really resistant to it, um, it's almost like you need to find that, that like ground zero, right. That rock bottom, Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of like, um, I I know I, I keep going on with this, but, um, there's this idea, right. That if you're, if you're addicted to say gambling, um, I knew somebody who had a daughter who was addicted to gambling and he didn't know what to do. And, you know, she would ask for money and he, 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 didn't want her to starve or anything, but he also didn't want to like support the the gambling habit. And so I had a really candid conversation with him and he was, he basically told me, you know, they have to hit rock bottom no matter what, you know, they could hit, they could hit, you know, things could get bad. Um, but then they get a little bit better and then they can get worse and, and they get a little bit better and it will never, ever end. The, 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 they will never realize that they really, really need help and really believe it and follow that until they hit what for them is really rock bottom. And once they hit that rock bottom, it's, it's like something snaps in their head and they go, whatever, whatever it is, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm on a path to, you know, ending up dead in a gutter one day, or I'm, you know, going to drink myself to death or somebody's going to, you know, come, you know, whatever it is, um, they feel that rock bottom and then it makes an actual change, right? There's some kind of reaction in their brain that means that they're, they be, they end up committing themselves to really, really getting rid of that addiction. And even though the, you know, we're talking about an addiction as opposed to just some martial arts training, I think the same principle applies. And that is that if, if somebody is really resistant to walking that fire, um, either you have to show them that, Hey, that this really isn't what they want to do and let's go our separate ways. Or you have to push and you have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until you hit that critical mass. And then they realize, Oh, I really, really want to like, I want to do this. And I want it more than I, than I'm resisting walking, walking through that fire. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Right. You know, it's just kind of interesting how people really do have to kind of go through intense moments and pressure and to have something better come of themselves through it. Yeah. Or, or, you know, like you said, they might hit rock bottom for a while until they're ready to make that walk. 
Right, right. I saw a saying once. Um, it was actually like a meme on the internet, and I I don't remember exactly how it went. I could I could I, I think it was something like it was something like hard times create strong men, str- and then uh, strong men make create good times, and then good times create weak men. And then weak men create hard times. And and so it's like this cycle, you know, this back and forth cycle. And when life is good, we tend to kind of get weak and, and things kind of fall apart. Um, and then when things fall apart, we, we have to walk through these, you know, society, like these fires of society. Right. And mm-hmm. once we've walked through them, then we kind of start building things, putting everything back together in society and then life is good. And then when it's good it you know, and it's kind of this, this funny kind of this cruel joke from the universe, right. That, that we've got to kind of go through this cycle. But I think it's, I think that it's really telling, you know, I think that, walking through that fire creates somebody that, that really can, you know, knows how to be an effective human being in so many different types of ways. Yeah. And then hopefully like with each cycle, we're a little bit better than we were, you know, with the first cycle and yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Thank you so much for talking with us today. And I know it's been a long time coming getting to this. So it's, it's exciting to, to start moving forward with it. Yeah. Well, I know your time is very valuable and you're busy with your career as well as your family and your training. And so we really appreciate you taking the time um, to share your thoughts with us and to talk in depth about the formulas that I've come to love at Plum Dragon. And I'm hoping more and more people will try and see the benefits of them and their, you know, their own health and So that's, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks. I appreciate it as well. It's, it's always nice to, to be involved with everything. So it's, that's great. Thank you so much. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. For more great tips from Josh Walker, be sure to visit us at plumdragonherbs.com. We will post show notes and ways to connect with Josh. And if you like the show, be sure to leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Until next time.